Good morning, and Happy New Year to all of you. We are thankful on this first Lord's Day of 2019 that you have chosen to be here this morning, especially to our members. We're grateful that you're here, but even more so to our visitors. If you are visiting with us, we're thankful you've made your way here this day. Please, at any time that you have an opportunity, come back and be with us. If you're looking for a church home, this is a great, great place filled with great, great people, uh, and it's growing. And there may have been no better evidence of that than the fact that I got kicked off my pew this morning. <laughs> my dear sweet wife sat down next to me as the announcements were finishing up and said, can you go to the front row? I said, I guess I can. So uh, before anyone gets mad at their children that are sitting on our row, we're thankful for that. That is an exciting thing. And we are very excited about the young people that we have and the work that they're doing. And we are looking forward to a new year together. I was missed being with you on Wednesday night. I was excited about the opportunity to go and speak with the Dayton congregation. Thankful for uh, Van and Nancy. They came and gave me a little support there. Some familiar faces in the crowd. But uh, I missed being with you all. And I, I've said that before. We've, we've been gone a couple of times and missed services. But I really realized that Wednesday night I dropped the family off here and then went to Dayton and came back to get them. When I did, there were about 10 people still in the auditorium. I tried to get up here and start talking again, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear it. So that was the end of that. So it's all right. But I, I miss being with you all, but I want to wish you a happy new year. And we are thankful for the things that lie ahead of us. And again, if you are here visiting, please make it your aim to be, be back with us any time that you have an opportunity to do so. It's the time of year where we think a lot about new things. You know, one of the ancient scholars said, uh, nothing is permanent except change. And of course, there are things in our life that are going to change. There's nothing that we can do about it. Uh, the William Arthur Ward said, Change like sunshine can be a friend or a foe, a blessing or a curse, a dawn or a dusk. And how we respond to the change that happens in our life kind of defines who we are and, and the impact that such change can have on our lives. But, but it's a time, a, a period of time where we think about new things. We come off of season of gift giving where we give new things and we receive new things. Maybe you got some new tools or new clothes or new toys or, or something new in your household and we're excited about that. And, and less than a week later, we turn the page and we, we actually turn the calendar and we think about a new year. And we make new resolutions and we think about the new things that are ahead of us in the new year. And we are thankful for the new things that we have. Maybe it's, again, uh, tools, clothes, toys. Maybe it's new decor. We even get excited about the new additions sometimes that come into our family, new babies. And if you'll allow me to pause there for just a moment, I, I don't know if you know knew this, but uh, and I don't think I, I think I'm clear here. It's it was all made Facebook official, and if that's what the kids say these days, and if it's Facebook official, then more than likely the world knows, and probably the Russians and the government too. But that's a different story as well. Uh, but it is Facebook official that right now, affiliated with the Saudi Church of Christ, we have four different women that I know of who are pregnant right now with six babies. Now, some of you may not be so good at math, but let's, let's work through this together, all right? So with the earliest announcement to the latest, we have Jackie, and i got to give the, women, the women's name first since they're the one with child. Uh, Jackie and Joey Strasner are expecting. 
And then we have as well Karen and Dustin Gandy and of course Gracie and Lila. And uh, that's a very sweet picture of, uh, of Jackie. I had to go with the one with Gracie with her mouth covered there. As they did the gender reveal, uh, you can see that another girl is coming to the Gandy family and you can see the excitement on Gracie's face and you can see the slumping and disappointment in Dustin's shoulders as he thinks about another pink set of pink clothes in his household. Uh, but Karen and Dustin Gandy are also expecting... Uh, and then as well, we saw this week that Nate, or uh, Mia and Nathan and Nate Kyle, and of course, baby Isaac are expecting, and as cute as Isaac is, he needs a sibling, and we're excited about that, uh, and thankful that they are with us. And then as well, even this week, yesterday, Facebook official, uh, Jessica and Tanner Pickett are going to be expecting, and a lot of these, because they're due, are all expecting the same time or due around the same time. I think Jackie is the earliest, but then we have some towards the summer. So, for those of you keeping score at home, that's one Straysner baby, that's one Gandy baby, and that is one Kyle baby, which means that there's going to be three picket babies here uh, by the summer, Lord willing. And we are very thankful for that, and I did, I did check with all these ladies to make sure they knew that I was going to say all that. Uh, but we are very thankful. That is very, very exciting news. You know, I was thinking uh, just the last couple of days I visited with a couple of folks at a conference I was at, and I was telling them about the good things at Saudi, and as I counted... I said, you know, this summer we added uh, eight kids almost to our youth group. Granted, the Danleys bring four. We bring a half a youth group with us wherever we go. But we had about eight different kids with families placing membership and things, possibly up to six babies being born now. And the only challenge that I have for you and I have, of course, for myself is that we continue to grow uh, evangelistically as well. We're thankful for the young people. but We want to continue to reach out to those who are lost. As we think about this idea of things being new, and that is exciting, that's, that's great news. I was excited all day yesterday to be able to, to think about that and share that. The question that we want to examine for our few moments together this morning is the idea, is new actually better? Is something that's new better? And, and of course, obviously, as we talk about new babies, that is an exciting thing to families, and we get excited about that. But is new always better? Uh, here's a list of just a few things that maybe you might look at and say, you know, some of those things are not new. Some of the new politicians we have or the new legislation we have may not be the most exciting thing sometimes. New toys don't always work. The preacher and I here had a chance to play Rook Friday night with some cards that were newer, but they wouldn't deal for the life of them. We said, these new cards are worse. We need the old cards. They, they deal better. Maybe it's technology, you know, things don't always work like they should. Uh, the Galaxy Note 7, some of you remember a few years ago, would catch on fire by the battery. Uh, many of you might agree that the music today is not exactly, the new music is not exactly good or better than music in times past. And all these things that we think about on the screen here, including gray hair and wrinkles and those kinds of things, new is obviously not always better. But as we think about adding new things to our life, and I'm talking about the physical things, Maybe the new boat or the new golf clubs. What about the mental things or the social things that we add to our life sometimes? Is it possible that we can measure when something is new whether or not it's actually better for us? And that's what we want to examine in our few moments together this morning. Number one, first of all, has it strengthened or improved my relationship with God? Has it strengthened or improved my relationship with God? When we think about the new things that are added to our lives... Is it accomplishing that goal? Because that should be, of course, one of our first and primary goals when it comes to new things. And you, I, I want to challenge you to think for a few moments because when I say a new boat or I say new golf clubs or something like that, well, you know, that seems very benign. It doesn't seem like something that's good or better or worse. 
new babies, uh, a new job, a new hobby, all those things a lot of times seem like they're great. But consider these questions. Can we be sure? Has it strengthened or improved my relationship with God? First of all, this morning, if you've got your Bible, Acts chapter 9 and verse number 22. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 22. When it comes to new things, maybe there's no better example than to think about what Paul, who had been called Saul, is going through in Acts chapter 9. We read about the Damascus Road conversion that takes place there in chapter 9. And as we go over to verse number 20, 21 and 22, Saul is new. And we talk about being a new creation, a new creature, Saul is new, and we understand that. Because in verse number 21, as he's going into the synagogues, we are told that all the people who are hearing him are saying, I don't know about this guy and what he's saying. Is this the same guy that we saw just a few days prior? And he says that they, the one who would come here for the purpose, that he would destroy these things. That he would bring those people, those Christians, bound to the chief priests. Is this the same guy? And in verse number 22, Luke records for us, But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Saul was growing and being strengthened by this new life. Now, of course, the source of that new life was the source of hope. The source of life. And that is Jesus the Christ. And, and Luke records for us there. That's what he is talking about. Whatever new thing it is in your life. Is it strengthening or improving your relationship with God? Again, boats, golf clubs, uh, hobby. Many of those things seem like not a big deal. But how much of your time is it taking? What is it doing to your relationship with God? And of course we think as well about Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. What we many times call the four fold growth of Jesus and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men when we think about the things that we take on the new things that we add to our life are we growing in our relationship with God golf clubs are nice I enjoy playing golf but if it means that I'm going to play golf now every Sunday or every other Sunday instead of being at church services maybe then it's not Improving my relationship with God. If I'm spending more time doing that, then I am at home with my family. Maybe it's not improving my relationship with God because I'm not being the husband and father I should be. I'm not just going to pick on those particular things, but I challenge you to think about anything in your life that's new. Is it improving my relationship with God. We see in Luke 2.52 there that Jesus, even though we think about the beginning of Luke and him being maybe a younger type person, uh, growing in those four ways, but we need to consider that in our life. Maybe we're not growing, of course, in stature like we once were as we grow older, but we need to continue to grow in wisdom, and we can always continue to grow in favor with man. But most importantly this morning, whatever it is, is it improving and strengthening my relationship with God? Number two this morning, has it made me more effective or useful? Has it made me more effective or useful? Again, what is it? I, I, it could be any number of things that we think about picking up in a new year. It could be a hobby. It could be something that takes up our time. And we have time that we can give to many different things. But is whatever it is made me more effective or useful? We think about 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from being a vessel of dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, 
prepared for every good work. Are we prepared for every good work? Are we cleansing ourselves from all of these different things that, that Paul is telling Timothy about here? We don't have time for, for the sake of time this morning. We're not able to look at the entire context and, and passage here. But are we able to make sure that we are prepared for every good work? It's something that we can, we can kind of be a judge on. We talk a lot about the world not liking that word of judging and making judgment, but we have to pass a judgment on things and look at it in the context of the Bible, in the context of our life, the context of what God has told us to do, and ask, has it made me more effective or useful? I'll just give you a personal example from my life. I, I enjoy reading. I picked up a book towards the end of the year that had nothing to do with anything, just something I wanted to, to read, you know, a, a piece of fiction there, and that's fine. But if it's preventing me from studying during the week as I try to hurriedly read through that book because I'm enjoying it, then, then yeah, it's not making me more effective. It's not making me more useful. It's stopping me from doing the things I need to do, maybe keeping me up and not letting, allowing me to get enough sleep at night so that I'm effective and useful to my family or the congregation here. These questions seem like something that kind of seem maybe deep to us. or That's hard to answer. But when we really examine the things around us, are we improving our relationship with God? Are we being more effective or useful? I did not put it on the screen, but if you've got your Bible, you can turn to James chapter 1 and verse number 26. James chapter 1 and verse 26. James here is talking about being useful. He says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, and talking about specifically about our tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Are we useful or are we useless when it comes to our relationship with God and our serving in His kingdom? What about our religion? What about our tongue? And, and one interesting thing here that James says, and we've talked about it in the adult class already this morning over here, but we can trick ourselves. And Paul says that several times, be not deceived. Our, our minds can play tricks and we allow ourselves to be tricked into thinking that, that things are okay. We justify our actions. But be not deceived. Do not deceive your own heart. Our religion is useless if we are not practicing. If we are not thinking about what we're doing. If we are not practicing the pure and undefiled religion that he talks about here. Keep being, keeping ourselves unspotted from the world. Whatever it is in your life, is it making you more effective and useful to others around you, to the kingdom of God, or is it taking away from your time? Is it causing you to be someone who is less available or less effective or useful? Number three this morning, has it blessed my life and caused my life to be a blessing to others? Has it blessed my life and caused my life to be a blessing to others? There are many things that we do, many new things that we pick up, hobbies and toys and, and tools and things that we pick up in our life that, that we say blesses our lives, that we're excited about, but is it something that can provide a blessing to others? I think about 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11. You may recall this passage where Paul is talking about Mark. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11. When he says, only Luke is with me, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Now this gets back into our last point as well, are we being effective or useful? But we, you know the story here, you've probably heard it before from Acts chapter 15, where Barnabas and Paul have this sharp contention. 
You know, and, the, and we don't talk a lot sometimes about our, our contentions. We don't talk a, lot of, a lot, uh, talk a lot about how we don't get along and the arguments that we have. But, but Paul points out, or Luke points out by inspiration, that there is a sharp contention. There's a problem here. The, the folks are not getting along. But that's okay, because they decide to go their separate ways. And later, Paul is able to reflect. He's able to do some thinking. And he says that Mark is useful to me for ministry. We talk about things that would be on our tombstone. You know, we talk about phrases that are found in the Bible that we might say, that's what I want said about me. You know, that person was faithful. That's an easy one, but sometimes there, there's verses that we look at and say, that would, that would be a good thing to be said at somebody in their, about somebody in their eulogy or, or on their tombstone. But useful to me for ministry. Is that, can that be said about us? Are we being a blessing to others? I think as well, and this is not on the screen either, but 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. You know this section of Scripture because Paul is talking about, generally, about being all things to all men. He talks about, in verse 19 and 20, about being a servant. About to the Jews, I became as a Jew. To those under the law, to those without law, being weak, being strong. He talks about all these things. And he says at the end of verse number 22... I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And he finishes that section in verse number 23 by saying, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Has the thing and whatever's new in my life caused me to be a blessing to others? I think about sports. You know, sports take up a lot of, of our time sometimes and our young people's time. And, and that's okay. As long, again, as it fits within all these contexts. I, I can look at many different situations where I can see someone who's a coach being an example to those that they're coaching. Not just to the young people that they're coaching, but as well to the parents. Some friends of ours who have been on various summer trips with all-stars and whatnot, and they say, you know, if we have a game on Sunday morning, we won't be there. Even if we've got to drive to Mississippi... We won't be there on Sunday morning until services are over. We will not be at the game. And by the way, this is where we're going to services. And if anybody wants to join us, you're more than welcome. Now, sometimes sports can certainly take up too much of our life if we're not careful. Traveling around, doing many different things. But is whatever it is in our life that's new causing us to be a blessing to others? Because we can take something that does take a good amount of our time and use it to be an example to others. We need to consider all the things that we do especially the new things, in light of these questions. You might find that something that you've been worried about can be helpful, that you can use to talk to others. It might be that you find out that something that you enjoy doing is really taking too much of your time and you need to scale back or maybe even set it aside for a little while. Number four this morning, and finally, would its absence be a greater blessing than its presence? Would its absence be a greater blessing than its presence? You know, it's, it's hard to answer that question sometimes. Again, some of the very simple things that we do, some of the hobbies that we have, some of the toys, quote-unquote toys for even us adults that we enjoy playing with seem like it's not a big deal. But what is it? Could we get more done if we avoided that particular activity? Not just more things done, but more things done for the kingdom of Christ, kingdom of God. Psalm chapter 20 and verse number 7, the psalmist says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You know, that's one of those we can fill in the blank. 
What is it? Some trust in sports, some trust in their job, some trust in their hobby, some trust in their, even their children. What is it that's in your life that you need to ask these questions about? Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. These questions are, are just a very simple way, uh, just a very simple tool that we can use to ask ourselves about the things that we're doing. Day in and day out. What about the hobby or the habit of coming to Bible class? Is that making me a better person? Is that making me more effective? Absolutely. What about maybe getting, I don't know, any number of things that we could list that would keep us away from God. Keep us from studying His Word. Keeping us from being with His people. Not only at services, but even at the fun times and the fun things that we do from time to time as a congregation here. The last question here, would its absence be a greater blessing than its presence? I have to challenge you this morning as we begin to conclude our thoughts here that, that you really try to consider these things about, about whatever it is. We're all blessed with the same amount of time during the day as long as we're here upon this earth and, and with the relative health to be able to do any number of things. I can't sit here and say with a blanket statement that, that going boating is wrong, that, that going to play golf is wrong, that, that uh, playing sports is wrong. Any, any number of things that you could list is wrong. But when you ask yourself these questions that we've looked at this morning and you answer them with an honest heart, what is it that we're giving our time and attention to? Change is inevitable. We know that. Many of you can speak to that even this morning. And even as we turn into a new year, the things that are new continue to be introduced into our lives. We don't even have to think about that or, or we don't have to think hard about it, especially during this time of year of Christmas where whatever's the newest toy this year is going to be, you know, old news by July and there'll be a new toy next Christmas that our children will want. Things change, things come and they go. We need to be mindful of what we allow in our lives to become a part of us. We have the power. We have the power to accept or to reject the things that, that are in front of us. And we need help from God. And we need to make a judgment. We need to have discernment to make a choice and to know the difference between what is helpful and what we need to set aside. As we enter into this new year, as we think about our lives, we need to look to the one who makes all things new. We've talked about that even lately. When we think about all these things that you see on the news and, and on the television, the commercials that, that are new and improved, the one, God, the Father, He is the ultimate new and improved. And this morning, the, the news for us, the exciting news for us, is that while He is the ultimate new and improved at the same time, the good news for the Christians is, is we serve a God who actually doesn't change. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. I am the Lord, and I do not change. You see, with all the change that takes place around us, praise be to God even this day that we serve a God who will not change, who will be there for us, who will take care of us in the good times, in the bad, in the good things, and in the things that may be harmful to us. Even then, He is still there and begging us to make a better choice with our time and with our efforts. He is the answer. He is the only one who can renew us daily. Everything that He is changing in us is a needful change. 
We've said it before, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God has a simple plan that will not change. Sure, it's changed over time as dispensations have changed. As we move from the old law and Jesus nailed it to the cross and he instituted his new law, his new way of salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a child of God. You've never been a new creature or a new creation in Christ. This is the simple plan. It's, it's very simple to look at and read, but it means a lot when we talk about changing our lives, truly transforming being baptized for the remission of our sins so that the Lord can add us to his church. So we can rise up out of that water just as Jesus rose from the grave to be a new creature, setting aside the old things. Maybe you're here this morning as you think about new things, as you think about new life, as you think about the new year, you want to make your life right with God. You want to become a Christian. We'll be singing in just a moment to encourage you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've wandered away. And you become a Christian, but you've allowed the new thing, the new things of this life, the glitz and the glamour to kind of to take over your life and you've wandered away from God. We'll be singing as well in just a moment to encourage you that you would make a change. You don't have to do it just because it's a new year. You need to do it because you see there's a problem in your life. There's sin in your life and you want to be right with God. We get excited about a new year and new things that come our way, but we have to remember that we're not promised tomorrow We're not promised the rest of 2019. You don't have to leave with worry on your heart or on your mind. You can leave this morning with the comfort of knowing that if you were to die today or in the coming year or if the Lord were to return, you know where your eternal place would be because of the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you need the prayers of this congregation to encourage you. It's part of the reason we assemble together so that we can encourage one another. But it takes a change on your part. It takes the decision on your part just as it would on my part. If you need to become a Christian, if you need to come back to him, if you need the prayers of this congregation, please make it known as we stand together and as we sing.